Let me say why we do this event. We do this event because there's so many people that go through their lives underthanked, who serve the world in wonderful ways and get underappreciated. But it turns out that the people bearing the cost for that are not those people, but for the rest of us. Because the expression of gratitude makes each of us stronger. It makes us sleep better. It makes us a little healthier. It makes us breathe more. It makes us kinder to other people. It makes us more successful in our workplace. It makes us respond to questions. How happy are you more favorably? Because it turns out it makes you happier. So our hope here at SuperThink is to encourage the expression of gratitude, hopefully in a fun way. So share these and really importantly, cheer really loud for our next speaker. Well, that voice you just heard was Jefferson Smith hosting one of Super Thanks' recent live storytelling events. And that pretty much said it, what Super Thank is all about and why we're doing it. The stories told at the live events are, are shared by volunteer members of our communities. Oh, hello. My name is Eric Klein with Super Thank. I'm here with my other Super Thank friends. I'm here with Bjarke Kromberg, whose name I love to say and Tim Marcroft, and Gina LaRubio. And we're going to hear another story of gratitude from our most recent live storytelling event where um, one of Super Thanks super volunteers? Yeah, I think we can brand that. <laughs> Brain Coach Brad is one of his, uh, it's one of his names. It's not his only name. His name is Brad Pendergraft. Brad Pendergraft, who has been t- telling, sharing stories at our live events, and then also uh, volunteering as a as a storytelling coach with Superthink. And he shared um, a story of gratitude at the open mic that I'm really excited to share with you now on the podcast. Let's listen to Brad's story. When I was 16, I took a job as a waiter in a restaurant in an upscale resort and I was totally unqualified for it, but I didn't know that. And this was in, in Japan in the mountains, about six hours outside of Tokyo, where I was living growing up with my family. And it never occurred to me at 16 to wonder why an upscale resort would hire a completely untrained teenager to come and work in their restaurant. But it turned out that I was there as an American to, to, be, to show off. And I was the statement that, look, we can have an American working in our restaurant, but they didn't realize just quite how unqualified I was, and I made my statement very early in the first day that I was allowed to wait on tables. I went out and was waiting on this young Japanese couple who were there on vacation, but they were still very nicely dressed. He was in like this conservative suit, and she had this beautiful white dress, and I came out with their first course, which was salad, and I carefully placed the big salad on the tray along with the big silver tureen of red dressing. And perfectly balanced, I was so proud of myself to put them exactly opposite each other on the tray, and then picked up the tray and then walked over and leaned over the table and took the salad off of the tray. (laughs) And... I could see the silver tureen start to spin in the air and a tsunami of red dressing coming uh, toward her white dress. And she and I locked eyes and she was crying before the, <laughs> before the dress ever turned red, <laughs> completely red. <laughs> and afterwards, they put me in the kitchen 
And this, this, th- that same day, this, this fat cook, Shasan, he took me aside and he gave me carrots to chop. And we, we spoke primarily in Japanese with each other, but, but he, he always would emphasize with just with the few words of English he knew. And in this case, he said, better soon. He said, <laughs> but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it was ever going to get better that day. And that night, then he took me for a walk after we got off work, and uh, in the in the countryside around the around the resort in the small town, it was really dark. And he's telling me in Japanese all the the, the wise things that adults tell to to teenagers in this situation. He was saying, "Look, you get over this, right? You really, it's going to be okay." People have done worse things. I, I can't think of any right now, but I mean, people really have done worse things, really. It's going to be okay. And if you just, you got to see past this situation and, and the wider picture. And he could tell I, I really wasn't paying, I couldn't, he, he probably could see me rolling my eyes even though it was completely dark. And so, because he stopped us and, and he took his hands and he got right in front of my face and his fingers just a little bit apart. And he came out of Japanese back into English and he just said, he said, See little? No. He said, see more. Yes. Yes? And I had to say yes until he believed me. <laughs> and, and then I thought he was satisfied and that he was changing the subject because he, then he, he offered me a, a, a plum. He said, he said, do you want a plum? He said, these are the best, most beautiful, most luscious, best plums I've ever had in my life. So I said, well, sure, I'll take a plum. And again, it's totally dark, so he's, we're walking. He's crinkling this brown paper bag so I can reach over and, and get the plum. And I bite into this plum, and it's amazing. It really is. It just, it's so juicy, and it tastes so good. Like, wow. And so we, we keep eating these plums, and we walk, and it, it really did get better. It's like, wow, you know, there is, there is life after total humiliation. And... And when we finished the walk, he insisted that I take the bag of plums, the, the few that were left, back to the room. And he said, now promise me you'll eat the plum, the rest of the plums, before you go to bed. Now I didn't know what that was about, but I went back to this tiny room where I was staying by myself in this tatami floor, the Japanese mats, and I roll out my futon onto the floor. And I remember, oh, i got to open, eat the rest of the plums. So I, I reach in the bag of the plums, and I take out the plum, first plum, and it's ugly in the light. It's terrible. It's like all mottled, and it's bruised, and I think, and I open the rest of them, and they're all like that, and I think, how could this be? Right? They were perfect, but this can't be, they couldn't all the rest been perfect, and, and these are the only ones that are bad. And so I was only 16, but, but still, I, I got it. And, and so I, I closed my eyes for a moment, and I, and, I, and I stopped looking at the plums, and I remembered walking in the darkness and believing him telling me that these were the most perfect plums in the world. And, and I closed my eyes, and I reached into the bag. I crinkled it with one hand so I could. And I reached in, and, and I bit into the plums, and it was so sweet. And I've always been grateful for Shasan for the kindness that he showed a, a lonely, humiliated teenager, and for the wisdom that he, that he showed me in that moment. And so many times in my life since then, when I've been in, in moments where I just feel like all I'm seeing is the problems, I remember that moment, and I just close my eyes, and I see more, and it's really sweet. Thank you. Thank you. 
I could go for a plum right now. Yeah, thanks, Brad, for sharing that story. And you owe us plums now. We all, we all, we all can taste them. So Brad's told a few stories now, actually, and I, I always feel like his are exactly on point for the mission that we're trying to accomplish here at Superthink. Is that he's always thanking people who have an impact larger than just themselves, and I'm sure that while Shasan had a big impact on him as a 16-year-old, that he wasn't the only one uh, touched by that round Japanese chef during his life. Yeah. This brings up a couple things for me. Um, the first is that food is love. Um, that's a big thing for me when, I mean, just the simple act of giving that and showing him that through food was beautiful. Um, the other thing is just how amazing it is when you have a person that you work for who supports you when you make mistakes um, and the type of workplace that that fosters and the feelings that you get when you walk in those doors every day. So it sounds like Brad had that. And then the other thing that that came up for me was, and I don't know what happened in the story because Brad didn't totally talk about this, but what happened? How did the woman react after she got the dressing poured on her? And I hope that it was graciously because those types of people also, I'm so grateful for people who who react graciously in moments like that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, we'll have to imagine either one. She either did or didn't. She probably didn't. Maybe uh, that's a prompt for Brad's next open mic story if he's going to come back and do one. The story of the woman with the now red dress. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. Ask Brad when you see him at the next uh, live Super Super Thanks storytelling event, which is coming up in April of 2016. What what April, day? April 12th at uh, Eastburn uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, and there will be an open mic session. So if you have stories, feel free to come share them. And also come early if you want to be sure to get a seat. Also, um, that's in Portland. In it case, is in Portland, In case we have Oregon. any worldwide listeners yeah and if uh, if you're interested in uh, becoming one of our super volunteers as uh, brad is feel free to send us an email at info at superthank.org and um, we can use volunteers from anything from like day of organizing or help make this podcast or we also want to do what we call crowd thanks where we get a community together to thank special people in our community organizations who have gotten above and beyond and uh, might be under thanked. So if you're interested in volunteering, do send an email to info at superthank.org and we'll see how we can uh, use your talents to uh, share more gratitude in the world. Yeah, because the storytelling events, I mean, that's where I've focused most of my attention at the Superthank organization and then the podcasting that comes out of those events. But the crowd thanks are another... They're another... Um, Avenue? Another story entirely. Well, and then another uh, way that the gratitude, uh, those those billion acts of community gratitude actually uh, are created. Yeah. It's a, it's a neat thing. And yeah, and so what what is a crowd thank? A crowd thank is when a group or a community comes together to express gratitude for a person or a community who's underthanked. Um, we did one earlier this year for uh, Mac Pritchard. Right. Mac Pritchard, he's uh, he's the founder of uh, Max List, um, and he started Max List as a completely volunteer activity many years ago because he saw a bunch of his friends that needed work, and he's since then been in trying to match people up with the works and jobs that uh, are meaningful for them and can put them down the career path they want. 
And so we got a bunch of Mac friends together and uh, a bunch of Super Thanks people together and all surprised him uh, outside of uh, a building downtown Portland uh, and uh, did a small ceremony for him where we gave him a a small award for uh, for being Super Thanky. Right. It's kind of like um, in our culture, we have, we have a very um, clear ritual around thanking people after they're gone for for all they've done for us and rem- and remembering their good work after they're gone but here is a, a new routine a new a new ritual that that super thank is working on where where that thanking is done um uh, right right to that person's face a living wake yeah the, the goal is that uh, that this crowd thank can be part of or give them a renewed jolt of energy to keep going and uh, keep right. going when and things will be hard like things are hard for everybody from time to time so hopefully this can be like a memory they will treasure when things are hard to keep going yeah so reach out reach out to us on the superthank.org website and then there's an email right info at superthank.org yeah well great and uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you want to hear more and uh, we'll be with you uh, shortly with a new episode. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Poddington Bear for the music. <laughs>